afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. This is Tune It Over, weekdays, 12.30. But it's a special one because it's the first week in which we've had a guest every single day. So you've been fortunate enough to not have my ranty monologues uh, any time this week. So instead, you've had the actual experts on talking about expert things. And we've got another one today, a uh, now friend of mine and, uh, and business consultant that I'm working with on finance, who's called Obi Hassan. And we're going to be discussing some of the priorities that he feels that can help you and other healthcare small businesses at this very complex time. Now, we've, we've, uh, we've said I'm going to try and rope him into doing Finance Fridays, first Friday of every month, but you never know. This might be an absolute car crash and you might want, want nothing to do with me if this goes wrong. So hopefully you guys all behave yourselves and I'll do my best as well. But it's really good to have such an expert involved in, in, in my career and, and business now uh, in such a way. He's been a fantastic confidant and someone that I really now see as being pivotal to our um, survival recently and then hopefully success in the future and uh, certainly recommend his thoughts to anyone. So it's great that we're going to be able to get some of his time today. Please make sure you post your comments and questions if you're watching this live, but then also if you get this after the fact, then let us know and that can help me hopefully get me to persuade Obi to come back again if we've got some hot questions for next time. So wherever you're listening to this, be that live, after the fact or even on the audio podcast, then do make sure you get your questions in. As ever, let me know. Make sure that the uh, audio is all working and if the signal drops off, then do start to sounding the alarm in the chat function. You know how much I appreciate that. I'm paranoid about the tech. But without further ado, let's hope that Obi Hassan's going to join me. Obi, can you hear me? Hi, Jack. Hi. Hi, God. I can hear you loud and clear. Fantastic. Now, what I said we'd we'd start with is um, for those that for those that don't know you maybe didn't encounter you because you did speak at Therapy Live on a panel and so I know that there was a, a spike in interest around then. But for those that haven't uh, encountered you or your work before, just tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, thanks. Well, hello everybody. Uh, thank you for inviting me onto the show. Uh, yeah, I'm the founder director of Clarity Transformation. Uh, we are financial recovery specialists and uh, business growth mentors. And we focus on SMEs and business owners, or small medium-sized businesses. Uh, I also work extensively in the NHS, delivering transformation and financial improvement programs. Um, so healthcare is a particular specialism um, for us. Fantastic. No, that's brilliant. Now, I've just been alerted on the chat function that I've managed to put the it's got yesterday's titles on it so apologies so those that have tuned in expecting becky to be back on no that's not that's not Becky. That's Obi. So i'm gonna i'm gonna look at changing those shortly uh, thanks for letting Imagine me know picture. <laughs> um so one of the things that i really wanted to start with Obi, is it's a it's a bit of a messy time in many ways and for many reasons but on a specifically finance front as someone that consults for you know, businesses of all sizes, particularly specialising in healthcare. What would you say you would be a number one priority if we were to if we were to think about what what you feel the focus should be for a small business owner in this time? Yeah, so I'm often asked this, and I thought so I'd just share that with your audience. So, you know, a lot of SMEs and business owners, especially now, are asking me, given the uncertainty in this economic climate that we're in at the moment, you know, how do I either protect my business from a potential downturn, which we're all expecting to happen at some point, being delayed at the moment, obviously by government support and so forth, we're all expecting that to, there will be some downturn. So how do I protect my business from a downturn? Or how do I grow it? Because it will also, on the other side, present opportunities for growth. It might be different, for example, online delivery uh, in, instead of face-to-face. -face. Um, so they're both those things that have been asked is how do I protect it or how do I grow it? And what are the most important factors in in doing that so i thought i'd just share my my, my advice that i give 
uh, and tips that I would give to the, uh, the business owners, uh, the SMEs that I work with, your audience. Absolutely, no, that sounds that sounds great. Yeah, well, I mean, is it before you do? Right? Is it is it is it the sort of thing where? In this instance, everything needs to be individualized to everyone's very specific context, or are there some real catch-alls at this point in time that people should be prioritizing? No, I think I, I think there is a major catch-all in all of this, which is managing cash. Uh, and cash is the biggest thing. But actually, it, 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 it isn't just that. It's just the most important one. So I thought I might just start from there. Mm -hmm. So um, so uh, maybe I'll just continue. So I, I think my, my advice usually to, to, to businesses, certainly at the moment, given all the uncertainty that's surrounding us at the moment, even though it's been delayed, is, you know, there are a number of things one can do to either protect your business or to prepare it for new opportunities and to make it grow. Um, so what are those things? So I, I, I put them in about six, um, six categories. One is managing your cash, and I'll expand on that a bit more. Secondly, is looking at your profits, your profitability, the mix of services and the products and services one offers. Uh, another one is looking at your sales and marketing and business development activity and seeing how you can maximize that. Another one is looking at your costs, which could be either streamlining them or actually investing in areas where you need to be investing it well. Looking at the efficiency of how your business runs, so, you know, capacity management, with all the spikes and demand spikes and, and the stop downs and lockdowns and stop start the businesses are, are now experiencing does cause a huge pressure on suddenly on capacity. Suddenly you need it, suddenly you, and then you don't, or you need it in different ways, and has major financial implications actually uh, that we need to be aware of. And finally, access to capital. You know there is a lot of cheap borrowing available by government trying to help businesses. It is great to have it. You've got to use it wisely and to make sure as we come out of it. So I thought today, so you know, these are the number sort of six things that we can do, but obviously in the time we have today, I thought I'd focus on the first and most important one, and that's how do you manage cash? And that applies to every business, I think, uh, especially in the current climate. So, yeah, shall I pause there? Well, just pause it, just if you could a second, because I don't, I don't really want to get you uh, to pause much there because it feels like, yeah, you've got lots and all to add there. I suppose one thing that I just wanted to focus on is, is there, uh, do you feel a, re a really relevant difference when managing when managing cash and that, 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 that capital that people, you've just mentioned there? What's the behavioral difference between existent funds and then borrowed funds? Should, they, should it be considered something that people keep an obvious separation of those and, and keep in touch with their debts in a meaningful way or should they be sort of considering that as being a, a sort of growth model that's a brilliant question actually so uh, so, so uh, maybe that's got something to do with we're working together <laughs> i think the money that already in the business so there's there is certainly that is your money and you know that you're using operational working or investing in the business, or just for a rainy day, just keeping yourself safe. Borrowed money, I think, at the moment, people form of financing. You get a government be very helpful at the moment. There will be a pay, be a payback. So the criteria on how do you use that BBL or, or, or the C bills or any other borrowing that you've got is crucial. There is a discipline that I usually take. Uh, uh, to, which is how do you how, how do you do investment? How do you decide the things you could do? What's the best thing you could do? And you've got to understand strategically where you are. But you've also got to understand what your return on investment. So how to use it well 
is really, really important. Just using it to bail yourself out short term and not really do anything, yeah, I would. Oh, brilliant. I'm, um, I'm interested then in when you are. Oh, yeah, sorry, is the signal just struggling a little bit? Can you hear me still, Bobby? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you clearly. Great. Yeah, sorry, I just think that the signal's glitched a little bit. It usually doesn't solve itself. Okay. Yeah, no, I'll just continue. So, you know, so let's, so coming to cash, I think there's a well-known business mantra that I think a lot of you heard of, and I'll just repeat it because it's very relevant to now, which is uh, sales is vanity, profit is sanity, cash is king. And it is now more than ever before. It's always been true. But it's so true now more than ever before. Uh, that's not to say profit's not important. It really is important for longevity of the business. But I've seen many, many businesses, especially SMEs, actually collapse because they got their cash wrong and they ran out of cash. Even underlying it was profitable. In the economic downs, uh, people get very scared. Suppliers get scared. The customers, their banks get scared. And whole, you know, everything just changes, and businesses collapse, and you can't raise money anymore. So cash flow is really, is really, really important, and so that's why I'm going to focus on that. Um, so the sort of question to ask, um, if you want to ask questions, just, just obviously, uh, just to let me know or, or hand. Um, but yeah, the sort of what, what is cash flow? And why is it important? I think it's, it, it'd be good just to get a quick understanding of that. To think through what are the early warning signs that we could be looking out for as an owner of a business, just so you are on top of know if there's an early warning sign, you start doing something about it. And then, how do you manage good cash flow? You know, you know, what are the key steps to take? How do you do it? How do you do it well? How do you do it quickly? What do you do? What help is available? What sort of forecasting models are available? Do that. And just I thought I might end up with some tips uh, if we've got time before questions to do that, if that's okay. Mm, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, do, do, do continue on that yeah, vein because okay. I think that was one of the, what you've done there is help us with certainly the definitions because sometimes this gets lumped in. I think that especially we have a lot of business owners that listen to this show that, that, are, that are very much the, the every man or every woman. They're, they're doing a bit of everything. And therefore, as generalists, sometimes these, these terms get mixed in. Whereas in times like this, we need to sometimes focus, down, focus more on not just the definitions and what they mean, but also what should be prioritized. So please do sort of unpack that a bit further. Yeah, because I think I think in running a business, if you can get, understand cash flow, so there is a difference between cash and cash flow, you understand your business completely. So let, let's just start with that. So what is cash? Why is it important very quickly? So, you know, cash, it's not just your bank balance and then um, supplemented by your gut feel about the business. Now, I think that is how a lot of business owners do operate. SMS, and, 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 and it is. Valid, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I am an, a business owner myself. And therefore, of course, you've got to have that in your guts and so forth. But cash flow, but resilience, building resilience and having money to help grow your business when you need it or give it resilience when times are difficult is more than just knowing what your bank balance is and then feel about what you're ordering, what you're spending. You've got to do something called cash flow. The difference between cash and cash flow, cash tells you at a point in time where you are, cash flow begins to ask you questions about how is the cash moving in and out of your business and at what rate and why are you managing it? 
if when you start that, that you begin to ask questions it's to give you insights about your business that are really really important you probably will know all this in your guts but it really makes you come out and look at that in a very important way so it's more than just looking at your cash balance you cash or knowing cash is about knowing how your cash flows moves in and out of your business why it does so so that you can either see where the pinch point is coming or the opportunities are coming and do something about it rather than be hit by something and then having to fight fight when usually people lose confidence when that happens. So it tells you a lot about the health of your business. If there's one thing I'd say, look at, look at cash flow. If you understand that, you'll understand your everything about the business, profitability, where the money is, how it's going, everything will be in that clue of your business. So if you manage that well, so, you know, so and that's why it's important because businesses that don't manage their cash flow that have gone under, especially SMEs, 80% SMEs that go under, it's only because they didn't manage their cash flow properly. So, and also those that were actually growing, I mean, it's easy to understand why cash is important, you know, why people get into trouble with cash when business is declining. Actually, when businesses are growing fast, that is a really dangerous time as well for businesses to run out of cash. It's commonly called overtrading, which we can cover at, a, at a, how that happens at a later uh, on another show. Um, so, um, um, so I mean, so, so that's why it's important because it will then help you ensure the survival in difficult times and boost your cash flow when you need it. So, one of the things that we had as a question uh, ahead of time, Obi, was that the managing cash flow is 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 challenging in 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 many ways one of which you know you the the tool you've described is to pay closer attention to it than some sometimes think that they need to but then one of the concerns people have at the moment is that especially established businesses in our industry have had a major lull and then a spike and then a lull and so that feels hard to to manage because of those projections is there anything specific that people should be keeping an eye on considering those variables where they're quite used to things being in a bit of a steady state but at the moment it's in such a state of yeah. flux. yes so that, that's exactly what a cash if you start actually managing cash flow and i'll do that in a second begin to ask you these questions what are the spikes when are why are they coming what's driving them related question it begs us okay so what am i going to do about it and how am i going to manage that and what it then leads you into is demand and capacity it leads you in uh, your cash coming in it leads you into how you're going to finance it your cash going out how you can point it would lead you've got the cash flow to do it or not or want to do something about the capacity and therefore invest more money in doing so and what that then means for your for your cash going forward so you know in managing spikes there's a, the danger about spikes is that suddenly nothing happens happens for a while then there is a spike and you can't manage it because suddenly this demand comes through the door and then you're throwing money at it trying to get the capacity going very quickly then you're, en you're entering into potentially all sorts of obligations to, to get that done you can't really plan long term because suddenly it could go down again then what are you going to do about the costs you've committed to it just depends how you are committed but if you've if you've managed to work out in advance for example let's say you saw it coming and you managed to work out right I'm going to buy some additional capacity, but I'm, not going to, I'm only going to buy for two or three months and I'm going to negotiate with my suppliers. That's what I'm going to do so that I can step it down if I need to really quickly. So I don't go to a commitment. But then, so, so you, you know, you can plan all these things in advance if you're aware of it. and You understand how it's going to financially affect you. 
But if you just react to it, I think the likelihood is it will get you in some sort of trouble at some point. Yeah, Do you, I think I know the answer to this, uh, having worked with you, but some people are con sometimes concerned that they might make the mistake of spending too much, paying too much time and too much attention stuck in the weeds on the numbers and therefore get distracted <laughs> from the doing the doing. Do you yep. think that that's a, a danger in your experience or do people usually, as you're describing it, under underdo it rather than overdo it? No, I think, again, really good question. So it depends if you ask an accountant. Now, I know I'm trained as an accountant, but I'm, I'm really a business person. I, I, run, you know, I run businesses. Um, um, so as a business owner, uh, whether you're financially uh, savvy or not, doesn't matter. I think you still ask yourself the question, how is my business doing? Where are my sales coming from? Um, who am I buying from? What prices am I buying? What are my, you know, what's my profitability? What's my cash? What's my bank balance? You, you've got to know. And then you use that through your guts to make a decision about how you're going to manage your business. So you do that all the time. Now, all this does is, is, is with proper formal cash flow forecasting and reviewing it, which would be one of my tips on a weekly basis, actually what you're doing is working on the business you're not just working in the business but it allows you to step just a bit above some sometimes which you need to do as an owner and it was really really important and take a strategic look at the business not only look at what happened last week what did i plan to do what actually happened but then look forward what do i think is going to happen to my business and then how do i plan for that but what this does is it brings it into sharp focus not just what you feel but with numbers, it brings a story to life. And I know if you if you just take an accounting point of view, sometimes you get lost in the numbers and spreadsheets. It's not what it's about. What actually this is about is letting the numbers tell you a story, corroborate your own feel about your business, but to bring it to life and then make it black and white on paper. But you then take really clear decisions. And that's why I've you know, my inspiration for calling my company Clarity was that you always start with your, your your business and entrepreneurial gut. You then test that by putting it down on paper and you'd be amazed the insight you get that you haven't realized uh, and then use that to tell you a story or an insight that perhaps you weren't quite prepared for. You sort of were there, but you weren't quite clear about it. And it gives you the clarity to run your business and be advanced, uh, be, be forearmed before a problem hits you and also you know, the other side of it is remember i think going past this lockdown there'll be massive opportunities for those that have planned uh you know there will be a financial downturn but it will equally give massive opportunities for people to offer their services in a different way and those people that have planned and have got the cash to do it are, are going to clean up i think well one of the things that um people are uh, are often concerned about and, and certainly like some of the feedback that we've got when when we've been asking out where, where are people's issues at the moment be that financial or otherwise one of the things that seems to keep cropping up is is this concern over the insecurity and instability and wanting to try and balance their their time and their expertise and i think that what you've described there will be quite reassuring because not all accountants, but some accountants want to suggest that if you look hard enough at numbers on a page, because they can see a map, they think that the world can, because that's how they sometimes see it. Whereas what you're describing feels a bit more compatible within our industry, because you're saying that it's balancing the literate with the numerate. It's the entrepreneurial gut and feel, and then using your data to support it, rather than it being that actually 
granular detail on the numbers is everything. It's the be all and end all. And, and I think that sometimes people are a bit daunted by your side of the industry. And, and, and historically, I have been frustrated in that direction too, because it feels like as if that's the only answer. Whereas you're suggesting integrate the, the, the numbers and a sensible reading of the numbers with all the things that you feel more comfortable with. Absolutely. So I'm going to now, now answer that question as a CEO because I wear both hats. I've, I've been an FD, I've been a chief exec. So as a business person, I, I my advice always is never look at the numbers to tell you a story. Tell the story, then look at the numbers to say whether they corroborate what you're saying. Now, that doesn't mean to say manipulate the numbers to fit the story you want to tell. <laughs> but what it means is it allows you to question assumptions that you made about your business which absolutely no doubt you know better than anyone else but you perhaps don't fully sometimes understand some of the issues that may arise especially when it comes to financial challenges or missed opportunities that may be coming just because you know that well I, I can manage my sales and my marketing but actually you may not understand how to manage your debtors and creditors and cash flow because we must we must make sure that you remain on top of that um, so I always say start with what you know about the business, then see if the numbers corroborate that. If they don't tell the same story, then challenge the numbers, but also sometimes accept perhaps the numbers have told you something that you didn't want to hear. Yeah, and you've, got to, be, you've got to be open to open to what they con what they contribute rather than if you force spin into it, then you're just gut thrusting all the time. You might as well have not looked at the numbers because you're just Absolutely. supporting a false narrative. I Absolutely. Think that and that's the key of a good finance person that you, you've got to, and again, make sure you choose them wisely. Is they will tell you the story after understanding your business and then say why the numbers are telling you, either saying you're right, or actually there's a bit more that you should understand, or um, actually it's not quite the way you think it is. And that's why. Really, mm. really invaluable. Sure. No, that's really interesting. What's the, um, at the moment, what do you feel when it comes to, uh, on the uh, on balance, how much should people pay attention to the sort of macroeconomics of the circumstance to influence their localised decisions? Because I think that's another thing that daunts people is that they they feel like they can understand the logic in getting stuck into the things that you're describing, especially when you've described a model that balances the numbers with their, their instincts. However, sometimes they feel a bit frustrated that I can do that, but fundamentally the macroeconomics is the thing that's going to matter. And so realistically, what's the point in me wasting time doing that when I should just be pre preparing for a tidal wave for want of a better metaphor? I think, you know, whatever the macroeconomic conditions are going to be we, we we all know what they're going to be um i mean they're going to be difficult you know there are winners and losers in all of these things so there are opportunities for those people who who are know how to adjust and adapt uh to circumstance or have prepared for it and i think that's what I, that's what i would say so i think we be prepared to adapt and change but i guess in healthcare i would say there's a huge opportunity there's probably going to be different delivery mechanisms and how uh, and, 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 and how we, we, you know, we deliver those and therefore how we invest in, 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 in that and some of the traditional things will go. But healthcare, there's going to be huge investment in it. And yet in healthcare, there are massive changes at the moment for those who are, uh, you know, growing really, really fast and those that, that, are, that are really suffering.
Do you have a, I mean, I wonder if this might be something that's a typical case-by-case basis situation, but do you have a a sort of um, more general instinct over whether or not for small healthcare businesses, whether or not they're, say that then there's no, there's no dramatic forces that are about to completely send them under, but similarly, there's nothing in their inherent existent business model that's going to kick them on. Do you have a feeling whether or not it's smart to instinctively just sort of try and create a steady state for security, sort of conserve what is? Or do you see this as being actually that's a, a, a not a smart strategy on the general and instead you should be looking for some sort of net growth as a means to compensate for the macro? I, I, I think that there's actually the answer to those things. is I would definitely... I wouldn't just go for steady state, let's just survive. I think the answer, the question I, I would I would encourage you, uh, you to ask is, um, how do I survive when the downturn comes? If the scenario is that I have to adapt, do something quite differently, or suddenly there are lots of people going for the same business and it's getting a bit more difficult. I think that's the first question is, if something goes wrong, how long, how much, how, you know, how much resilience do I have in the business? How many months worth of cash do I have in the business to be able to survive? I think the related question to that is that in itself cannot be where, where your thinking should end. It should then be, what are the opportunities that are coming that I then want to actually invest that cash into and take the risk in doing so? And therefore, how much have I got um, uh, uh, you know, in my war chest to be able to do that? And when do I start doing it? That is what cash flow forecasting actually is all about, because it begins to ask those questions to say, so if this is how I see the future or these three different scenarios of what the future could look like under each of these scenarios. What does my money look like? What am I going to? And then under each of those, you would say, well, here I run out of money. What am I going to do if that happens? Here I've actually got money. What am I going to do with that money that I've got? Shall I take invested in more things that I think are coming and so forth? And that is, I think, the whole point of what I would say my top tip is cash flow forecasting. And how you do that is if we have time uh, to do that, then I can, and I'll go into it. I think I would quite like to, you know what I'm like, I've derailed us a couple of times and stopped you doing it. So I would quite like you to go into that as to what your ideas are for doing so. And also if you can attach to that, why people might consider taking up advice in that direction by you or or another because i think that sometimes it's useful to to spell out to people this is this is what i'd recommend however if this feels like a weight on your shoulders daunting then this is why experts exist to consult and it may well be that you just need that guidance initially that kind of you over something or or that advice and and, uh and education so yeah do do take it away on the on the cash flow forecast uh, two, two things, and this is the sort of thing that I think Jack, we've done uh, as well, or in the businesses that I've been uh, that I've been working in. Uh, I mean, t- two things immediately I, I, I would do. First of all, I think you know supporting the business owner wanting to grow the business is the key thing here. So I'll do two things, two tips. One, have a really strong accounting system. Very, very simple systems out there. You know, whether it's Sage or it's QuickBooks or it's Zero, there are simple things, but have them. And, and it's not something you should use once a year. There's something you should do every month. And then on top of that, and this is the key thing, have a cash flow model, a, a, a cash flow forecasting model. And that is, can be a simple spreadsheet. You know, an accounting can do it. There are packages available. You can, you can do it. You know, these are things that I help people with all the time. Get that installed very quickly. 
Uh, you don't want to waste your time doing it. All these things are available uh, very quickly. But what is important is you feed the information into it and let that model vent scenario and help you understand what's happening with your business in black and white with the help of an advisor, preferably, who understands your business and then can really challenge you with those numbers and really clarify your thinking. And then you've got a plan. And what the other really important thing here is do it weekly. You've got to look at and review the cash flow weekly, update it. And the minimum forecasting period, I would say to people, is 13 weeks. Do a third, at least three months, do a 13, but week by week, and update it every week. Now, it starts with looking at your bank balance and see where, where it is and why it is where it is and look at what happened last week, and then go and project forward. And ask the strategic question as well, which is, have I now got the financial resilience? Have I? Where are my pinch points? What can I do with the money? What do I do strategically when the when when the econ when the lockdown uh, uh, when the economy begins to open up again and the opportunities change? And have I got the money to do it? Or do I go now and borrow more on the BBL? Or do I even go for a C bills? I mean, hopefully there will be some more announcements by the chancellor on further support available, given that the lockdown is being extended. Of course, yeah, we're expecting more news in that direction and we'll see how that might shift the landscape again. I yeah. think one of the things that I want to make sure that I highlight to the audience, recognising that we are a bit out of time, thank you for those that have tuned in live. It's been a fairly steady state audience. We've had some some comments come in and certainly I'll be registering the questions for future shows because me and Obi haven't, uh, I think this has gone well enough for us to hopefully do it again. Uh, but um, one of the things I want to mention to you all is that Sometimes I hear that people oh, they get a bit squeamish to this stuff and they say, oh, I just want to get stuck into the patient stuff and even some of the business stuff I like, but the financials, I just don't want to get stuck into the nitty gritty of it. In these times, you're not going to be much service to your patients and the quality of care that you're delivering, if you don't get stuck into this stuff and recognize it, then you're not going to be long for this world as you exist now. And so you're not going to be much good to your patients thinking, I want to be patient centered. It's that these things are going to matter because that's the access point to that audience, to that customer base. And therefore I'm really wanting to see if we can help, especially those that are in our network that are quality ethical business owners that are going to be helping patients um, in, a, in a circumstance and with a care delivery model while the NHS is under strain, while insurers are struggling, you need to get your shit together and you need to really help people uh, in that way. And so get in touch with us and we'll put you in touch with Obi um, and try to help with provide more quick quick and dirty tip style resources like this to answer the questions that you have directly. Um, Obi, just tell people about how they can find you on your website, but also and obviously I can direct people if they get in touch with me. Yeah, just look me up. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, my mobile's there. My website is claritytransformation.co.uk or claritytransformation.com. Both of those are there. Um, and uh, you've got my uh, mobile details. Jack, you're very happy for you to give it out uh, after the show. No, fantastic. Well, so have, have, have we done well enough for us to do it again? I'd love to. Uh, <laughs> you know, we can go through profitability nets or we can go through more how to do cash flow forecasts uh, and how to really, you know, re read read a business uh, yeah, into those. So I'd love that. Brilliant. No, that'd be great. Um, apologies for the mi middle of the show. I know we uh, we started to, both of us had a bit of a glitch with our videos, but the audio seemed really clean all the way throughout. So if you've just tuned in uh, late or you're getting this after the fact, then it's going to be available on Spotify and all good podcast players. So you can listen to the audio afterwards if needs be. But we are looking at uh, tidying up some of our technical stuff. We had a few comments such as this one. It says Facebook user. I'm pretty sure that was Facebook tells me that that uh, was Ollie Coburn who said, what a brilliant guest given the circumstances. So certainly also some feedback for my questions which is nice i usually have one or two decent questions in a show 
Katie Napton said it's a steep learning curve. Absolutely, but certainly one that's essential for us to to get through. So thank you so much for the for the comments so far, but please do keep them coming. Obi, thanks as ever for your time. Really appreciate it. And unsurprisingly, I think that uh, we're going to get more people uh, requiring uh, us to chat about this stuff because it's super important. But good luck and, uh, and and hope you can weather the storm as well as we all do uh, in this in these weird times. And we'll we'll speak soon, mate. We're all in it together. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you. Take care.